0: Kitchens are the heart of any home. So for our final episode, we're taking a property detour via the pantry. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling, maybe even a flavour. Food warms us up, brings us together. Whether it's a Sunday night roast or a Friday night dinner, home cooking is a way to express love and make memories. There's nothing more nostalgic than your mum's cooking. And that's because there really is no taste like home. Welcome back. I'm Anita Rani, a self-confessed property addict, and this is No Place Like Home, a podcast brought to you by Hamptons, home experts since 1869. Now, throughout the year, I've had the privilege of meeting a whole range of celebrated guests to talk about one of my favorite things, property. It might almost be the end of the year, but it's a great time to look back on all those amazing conversations. And you can still catch up with No Place Like Home on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Now, today, I'm feeling particularly excited because what could be better than talking about food? And to help me indulge my love of all things flavoursome, I'm thrilled to be joined by Christelle Pereira. Christelle first appeared on your screens as a finalist in season 12 of the Great British Bake Off. Since then, she hasn't stopped cooking. You can find her recipes everywhere from the Mob Kitchen to the Tete Show. And now on your bookshelves. Welcome. Estelle,
1: thank you for having me. It's good to see you. <laughs> Do you know what? This is such a nice
0: little kitchen. It's, it's just lovely. so homely, and great. yeah. And it is an actual kitchen. <laughs> we are in a home. That's which what... is
1: great because my office is now my kitchen. So
0: yeah, it feels great. And how is that?
1: Do you know what? It's great. It's really fun. It can get quite chaotic because I live at home with my family, so it's obviously it's a communal kitchen, um and so there are days when my mum will want to put a chicken in the oven, and I'll say, actually, mum, my cake needs to go in. And so there's.
0: A little bit of tension. So have you got times where you use it as an office and then mum comes in to yeah, do Yeah,
1: so basically, and also I'm really messy, so what tends to happen is, it's that whole, that thing you see in movies where I'll make such a mess in the kitchen almost like a kid's having a house party when the parents have gone out. And then my mum will call and say, oh, Chrisette, I'm on my way home from work. And I suddenly panic and I've got to clean the whole kitchen before my mum gets home.
0: Good, and uh, it's nice to hear that you're cleaning it and not leaving it for your mum to do. Yeah, no,
1: I can't. But the thing is, it's sort of got to a point now where my mum feels sorry for me. So if there's a bit of a mess, you'll just say, oh, it's fine, Christelle, I'll do it. And I'm like, no, 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 mum, it's it's part of my job. Yes. So we sometimes clash on that because I think she tries to
0: help me, but I'm like, no, no, it's fine. You know? Indian mums. Yeah, honestly, honestly. Which, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you got to learn. Yeah. yeah. So talking of mum, talking of kitchen, talking of being yeah. at home, I want to take you right back to the start. I want to know about your very first food memory. <sighs> when were you, when was your... Like your spark, your desire, for, your passion for food Do ignited?
1: Know it's really hard. I've basically, so in my whole family, I've always been, Chriselle who loves her food. My mum's nickname for me is Chutney Mary, um, because I basically loved all my going chutneys and all my food, mm-hmm. even when I was about six years old. And I think my first memory of food generally, which I think is what got me into cooking, was watching my mum cook in the kitchen, the same kitchen that I use today, um, because she's an incredible cook. And as a, you know, someone from a going family, there is food everywhere, every corner of the house. Our freezer is a freezer. When you open the door, I mean, pots of curry just fall in your face. So there's always food. And I think my mum has just always been cooking for years and years and years. And when I was young, I was just fascinated by food. I loved eating. I loved the process of cooking. So... I used to stand next to my mom and just watch her cook and my two sisters weren't interested at all, but I would just watch my mom cook. And I think the benefit was um, she would feed me bits of food on the side and say, oh, you know, have a bit of the rice or whatever. But then that ended up turning into a process of her saying, actually, while you're eating this rice, can you taste it? What does it need? Does it need more salt? Does it need more sugar? And she taught me the foundations of flavor, basically, because she taught me about adding a bit of lemon juice to richer curries to cut through the, the richness or adding a pinch of sweet to savoury food and vice versa. So I was so young and I started saying, oh, Mom, I think this needs a bit of vinegar. I think this needs a pinch of salt. And so I was so young, I basically developed my flavour all from my mum's cooking. And then as I grew older, I basically remember one day my sister wasn't well and I said, oh, do you know what, mum, I'll make your chicken soup. And I made the soup without any recipe my mom said, "Wait, how did you know how to make my soup?" I said, "Well, I watched you make it for years, and yeah. that was sort of it, and that kind of started all my cooking." Yeah, because it starts—it
0: starts with observation, doesn't yeah. it? Just watching them do it. Yeah, and it's that. Did she ever have a recipe? Or nope, we don't know never. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: just it's instincts. Always, yeah, it's like no teaspoon. It's a, a handful of this, season to taste. Yeah. all that sort of stuff. But again, that's now how I cook. It's. Very instinctive. Um, which is why I found baking hard when I started that, yes. which we'll get on to because... we will
0: get on to <laughs> yeah. baking because it's the absolute opposite, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Chutney Mary also I think is the oldest restaurant, Indian restaurant in London. Is it? Yeah. Well, your
1: knowledge is better than mine. I don't know. Chutney Mary, now you know yes. you've been called Chutney <laughs> Mary. There is
0: a restaurant in London called Chutney Mary. I'm gonna go with my Just, mum. <laughs> I think it's off Regent Street. Yeah, I think oh we'll find out. Oh no, maybe not. Maybe there is a restaurant called Chutney Mary's oh well, we okay. to figure- we'll have get to the up. bottom yeah. of that one. Um, and also um the pots. Tupperware. Yes. Yogurt pots. Yep. uh, Ice cream boxes.
1: Oh yeah, all of them. Ice cream (laughs) tubs, I think, are the the best ones for holding a curry because they're quite big and they're just stacked with different curries in there. And then Ziploc bags are quite good as well just for storing extra bits of stuff, but it's a um, nerd no out about
0: tupperware oh. i mean i'm sure i've got an ice cream tub that's lasted about it's about 20 years yeah. old it's just gone around to every family
1: and it's really funny because ice cream tubs to me don't represent ice cream mm. it represents like leftovers or curries because that's
0: what we use them for yeah a good old box of cheapo neapolitan yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it is um I need to talk about your heritage because yes. you've t- mentioned your Goan background. Mm-hmm. So tell me, it's Goan, but East African, Kenyan. Yes. So let's get the whole, all the kind of places yeah, that kind yeah. of have influenced your palate. Yeah. So it's interesting. So my
1: parents are actually both born in Kenya. And then my mum grew up in Bombay, well Mumbai, but she
0: refuses to call it Mumbai, and no <laughs> yeah. one, no one, no one Indian does. No so yeah. one calls it Bombay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So she grew up in Bombay. My dad grew up in Goa. They met at a bus stop in Bombay, and then moved to London. Um, and Goa was infl- is, was colonised by the Portuguese. So my surname is Portuguese. It means pear tree. Okay, it's interesting. But um, so I think what's so interesting. I think is, that's
0: very appropriate. Yeah, because
1: it's sort of you know it's food, it's yeah. fruit, it's yeah. Um, but I think what's so interesting is because Goa was colonized by the Portuguese, the food in Goa is so unique and different. And I think one thing, and I'm sure you know you agree with me, is I think everyone loves an Indian curry. But what's so interesting is Indian food is an umbrella term. And I think not many people realize that because food really changes as you go from Goa to Kerala to Gujarat. And I think Goan food is so unique because you've got all these roasted spices, you've got Goa and vinegar, you've got all these flavors that make it so unique. And the same with Gujarati food. You know, everything is, is so you know, different. And so for example, Vindaloo came from a Portuguese dish called Carne de Vina de Alos, which was basically pork and Portuguese wine. When the when the Portuguese came and invaded Goa, Goans took that dish, swapped wine with Goan vinegar, and out came Vindaloo. Excellent. Yeah. So I think So
0: where does the heat thing come from then?
1: All the spice and everything. Yeah. So, so
0: yeah, but that whole idea—it's just a ton of chilies. Oh yeah, it's exactly. Just a British one. I know.
1: I think, and it's so interesting because even the concept of masala—that's just a mix of spices—and every blend is so different. So in a goan fish curry, you've got all the roasted coconut because coconuts are in abundance in Goa. You've got a bit of tamarind and all these different
0: things. And which the is, fish.
1: Yes, and the fish, which is obviously makes that curry so uniquely Goan because you know you get fresh fish all around Goa. and so thing. what
0: happened when they got to Kenya because obviously there was a big mix of communities in Kenya you have yeah. Goan community Punjabi community Gujarati yeah community.
1: I think what I've actually never been to Kenya I think that's one place I really want to go to explore the food more but my what my parents said is they grew up eating all these incredible food like and actually what's quite interesting it's and I know the word is quite taboo even though I don't agree but a lot of fusion-y food Um, because there's things like biryanis, you get Palau and you get all these curries and food which almost seems very similar to Indian food in Kenya but actually it's Kenyan food because you've got again all these big communities of people from different places in India going to Kenya and then Creating this incredible food, and so you've got this massive mix
0: of cuisines in there, which I and think is all because of British colonization. Yeah. So there's like because the diasporic community of Indians around the world yeah. is huge, and people just don't know about yeah. it. Like Mauritius, yes. uh, the Caribbean, yeah. uh, Singapore, like all over. Which is why in Sing in the Caribbean, you have roti and yes. you get curry goat.
1: So I was in Mauritius in summer with my family, and actually the food there is again very reminiscent of Indian food, which I think is so fascinating. So. I think there is, like you said, there are so many different cultures around the world that because of obviously colonisation, you've got that Indian influence everywhere, which is fascinating.
0: And then you went off to uni and studied French and Spanish. How lovely. It was great. And did that open up your palate even more?
1: Massively, yeah. So actually, funnily enough, at school I was really naughty and I couldn't concentrate. The only things I could do well were languages and maths, weirdly. I mean, that's
0: quite, that's pretty good. It was quite rogue,
1: but I mean, I loved it. And so I went on to do languages at uni. I loved it. And I spent half the year, so we basically, when you study languages, you spend a year living abroad to practice your languages. So I spent six months in Paris, five months in Madrid, best year of my life and I think for me anytime I go abroad I like to immerse myself in a culture so I don't really like touristy places which sounds bad because I'm a tourist but I don't like to go to places where there's going to be loads of British people. I want to go to where the locals eat. And don't that... go to Goa. Yeah, honestly, I know <laughs> that was fun as well. But but honestly, go on, go on, yeah. But
0: yeah, so I um, yes, I, yeah, immersion, yeah, And
1: in I think it was honestly great. And obviously, the patisseries in Paris are incredible. And in Spain, you've got all the paella and all the the tapas and the incredible food. It's just there's such different cultures. But yeah, honestly, I I love my degree and that was the best part of it.
0: And then you went off. Like a, a very good Indian girl <laughs> got a job at Goldman Sachs.
1: Yeah, which again, I think my path was really strange. So the good thing is, is my parents, I, I guess, kind of steered away from the normal path of saying, you must work in a bank, you must be a doctor. They actually said, study what you enjoy. And I think my dad, never went to university, had quite a rough upbringing. And so I think he's actually always instilled in us, just work hard. As long as you appreciate your education, that's all I care about. I don't care what grades you get, just enjoy studying and appreciate it basically. So I said, look, I love languages. It's the only thing I can really do. So they said, yeah, of course do that. And then while I was at uni, I thought, okay, now what am I going to do? Um, I obviously love cooking, but never ever thought I would ever work in food. Did you cook at uni? Yes. Yeah, so I used to cook for myself, but again, it would just be, I would always get creative in the kitchen and I would occasionally cook for other people. But again it was just so much of a hobby and I think working in food was just so unattainable because it just seemed like this incredible dream job it would never happen so I didn't even contemplate it as a career
0: but you you fancied it yeah yeah Yeah, it was always there the passion was always there. yeah
1: yeah I've always loved my food always loved cooking but yeah Goldman came about I was just thinking about what to do went to loads of open days for consulting communications everything went to this Goldman open day just was chatting to two ladies in HR and just said oh I don't know what I want to do I like talking to people that was it they called me the next day and said you should apply for our internship I think you'd be really good and I thought are you sure so did an internship on the back of that got the full-time job and then didn't look back for four and a half years until I applied for Bake Off (laughs) when
0: we will come to Bake Off in a minute um did you cook at home growing up or did mum do most of the cooking so my mum did most of the cooking
1: but as I grew older I then basically became her little sous chef and so I would always help her out in the kitchen and I think now it's sort of 50-50 or if she's obviously in the office and to be fair because now I cook for my full-time job i if I'm recipe testing something, we'll usually have that for dinner. Um, but I've always been in the, involved in the kitchen in some way, and especially if we've got guests coming over and there's a lot more people, then I'll say, "Look, Mum, I'll take these dishes. You can do that." And like Christmas dinner, for example, I love getting involved with that.
0: So, what is a classic if you have got guests coming over and you're going to do a go and feast? Oh yeah, come on! What what are the dishes that so, make us hungry? Yes. Yeah.
1: So we actually did this. I for... mean, my
0: tummy is rumbling, <laughs> Crystal. So, I'm <laughs> actually
1: the mic picking it up. I'm so embarrassed. Um, so. It's always, and I'm sure you, you're you familiar with this, it's not just one rice and one curry. It's 10 curries and like five different types of carbs. So we have something called shakati, which is like a mutton curry with loads of roasted coconut and spices. We'll have that. Saw patel, which is this pork curry that's basically, it's really finely chopped pork and it's cooked in loads of vinegar, but it just works because it's almost like marinated and it's, it's incredible. So that go and fish curry, of course, is a staple and then we'll have a couple of veggie dishes. So we do um, this lovely coconut cabbage with turmeric and a bit of cumin seeds. And again, that's just stir-fried on the side. It goes really well. Chickpea curry, I have to have a chickpea curry because I love chickpeas. And then palau rice, obviously, my favourite type of rice. We'll have some chapatis on the side. Um, maybe some sunnas, which is similar to idli's, but we have they're called sunnas, which are like steamed rice flour, sort of cakes, if you will. And then obviously a dessert spread, so... Actually, obviously I'd obviously dessert bread <laughs> so we do actually have what's called kuswa which are go in sweets which we usually serve at christmas so how, how
0: sweet what are they
1: so you get a mixture so they're sort of summer toffee so you and again made with a lot of cashew nuts which are obviously get everywhere in goa so they're sort of you get cashew nuts you grind them with a lot of jaggery which is like our sugar equivalent condensed milk all the healthy stuff um, and then you get these little deep fried little biscuits called kulkars, curl and you basically put them on a Almost like a high tea tray, but it's our go and high tea. It's not very high, but we love it. Um, so we have all that stuff. But then I also like doing my fusiony desserts. Like I make um, this like chai spice cake. So I get all the chai spices, a whole tea bag. And then I make like a basic sponge cake with the cream cheese frosting, which is my family's favorite cake to make. Hell yes. <laughs> Christelle, where know. is the cake? You know, as soon as I said that, I was, I was like, like should, shoot, I should
0: have brought it. I know. Did you not get the memo? I know. Anita wants cake. I
1: know. Someone <laughs> should
0: have told me. I actually would have brought you some. I felt really bad now. Someone's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you didn't actually start baking until you were 19, though. Yeah. So
1: that was really funny. So basically, and this, I always feel bad saying this because I am first and foremost a cook and then a baker. Yeah. And obviously, I can't, I've come off Bake Off. But it's because, like I said, I sort of learned how to cook through my mum and watching her cook. Baking basically kind of came about because my two sisters who hate the kitchen, hate cooking, but they conveniently love cake and bread. But one of them loves cake, one of them loves bread. So they started saying, well, Christelle, seeing as you're cooking, can you make some cake? Can you make some bread? And I thought, oh, yeah. And I think my fault was I thought that baking just was an extension of cooking. So I remember I went to make my first cake, didn't use a weighing scale, eyeballed everything, popped it in the oven. My cake was so stodgy. And I thought, oh, what is going on? My cake is horrible. And then I started Googling, you need a weighing scale, your temp- your ingredients need to be at room temperature. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a lot more scientific than throwing things together like when I do with a curry. So I thought, right, I'm just going to focus, because I found baking very overwhelming because it takes a lot more concentration, a lot more precision. So I thought, I'm just going to focus on just cakes. I'm just going to learn to make a good basic sponge took me a while, but I got there. And then once I did that, I thought, actually, I quite enjoy making cakes. So I started obviously adding all my flavours to it, which I love doing. It's a mathematician
0: in you. Yes,
1: probably, actually. So um I started doing that. And then I think over lockdown was when I got really into my cake decorating. And it was my sister's birthday. It was actually the year before lockdown. It was my sister's birthday. And I just started getting into m- making cakes. And I said, actually, Chanel, why don't I make your birthday cake? And she said, oh, but Chriselle, you don't know how to decorate a cake. Like your presentation's <sighs> not very good because... this, yes. But... To her credit, she's right, because I never ever cared about presentation because I was so flavor-led. So I said, look, I know I I agree, but let me look up some YouTube tutorials. And if the cake's ugly, we'll go out and buy one. So I called my auntie. She used to do lots of cake decorating in the past. And I said, look, do you have any piping nozzles that I can borrow? She came over like a fairy godmother, dropped them over and said, look, eat your heart out. So I basically decorated my first cake. I mean, it wasn't stunning, but it, it looked quite decent and made that cake. And I thought, do you know what? cake decorating is really therapeutic. I really enjoyed it. And because I had this box of piping nozzles, I thought, you know what? I want to try and test out every nozzle. So then we got into lockdown and for all of my friends' birthdays, I said, you know what? I'm going to make you a cake, pick it up from my house and you could take it out because I wasn't really going out at the time. So then I started getting really into piping and creating roses from like all these different nozzles. And I thought, this is great. And that is when my family said, your cakes look really good. You should consider applying for Bake Off. And I thought, Okay, guys, I'm not being funny, but I can only make one-tier cakes. I can't do bread. I can't do pastry. I can't do biscuits. You can learn. Yeah. I can learn, um, but I also thought, I mean, also Bake Off, it's not just about baking. You've got to be part engineer. You're creating showstoppers. Yeah. And I thought it's, Way too overwhelming. But you have to have an
0: imagination as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: definitely. And you've got to be quite creative. But I thought, and it definitely Bake Off was something I'd always dreamt of doing, but again, so unattainable. But Did I you thought, watch the programme? Yeah, massively. Like so you were a fan of the programme? Massive fan of the programme. Okay. I've loved it. Like, I know all like the theme tunes off by heart. I can even dance one Go of on. them. Oh, no, don't. Don't make me do that. <laughs> all the theme tunes? <laughs> well, it <laughs> wasn't the main one, but they've got all the little, you know, yeah, yeah, stressful yeah. songs. My dad actually <laughs> thought it was a live band, but that's another story. But, um... But so, and I thought, you know what? Let me just look up the application process, see what see what it's like. And I thought, okay, this looks quite intense. So, what I thought I'd do is, okay, my game plan is I'll apply this year, get rejected, then I'll apply maybe two more times, and hopefully by my third attempt, I'll be. That you had a
0: game plan. But I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm obviously not well, going to the get chances on. of getting. But you got in, you got in, you got in straight got away on, first on the attempt. first attempt, yeah. and Pat there struck. is history. Because and, thought, I'm not going to do well. But you'd only just started baking. Well, it's funny because, yeah, baking, I mean, I don't know about your mum, but I, as as a, growing up as a little Indian, the, the oven is just an extra storage unit. <laughs> yeah. like, my mum never baked. Yeah. And so baking is something I did much later in life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then you'd kind of only just done it for three years. And then 10 weeks. Yes. And um, every week, three bakes. Yeah. So that must have been an intense I mean, the, was it the most intense thing you've ever done? Yeah,
1: it's single-handedly the most stressful, but the most enjoyable thing I've done. Week six, it was one of the only savoury challenges. I think the cooking we really sort of got to play around a bit. We had to make a savoury terrine pie. And I used two going curries. And one of them was my late great-grandmother's pickle chicken curry. Mm-hmm. And I basically designed it in a little cottage. And my late great-grandmother's called Lily Nana's. So it's called Lily Nana's Pickle Cottage. And I think it was the, one of like, I, I guess in every challenge I wanted to showcase some flavours, some from my heritage, some from around the world, but that was one. It was a true going curry in a pie. And it got, I mean, it got a handshake from Paul, it got me star bacon. I think the whole thing was just so sentimental and yeah. it just meant a lot to me to, to make that on the show. Well,
0: there's, that's what cooking is, isn't it? I mean, especially when you come from cultures that are around the world. Like yeah. The one thing that you and I have is, I know that when I'm cooking my chicken curry, I don't know what my great-great-grandmother was talking about, I could probably guess, but I know the smells that she was experiencing. Because those same smells are in my kitchen Mm. in modern day. And that is a magical thing that cooking does, doesn't it? It just connects you with your your past. Massively. I can relate a little bit, like a a tiny percentage of what you've done. I did the first ever Celebrity Bake Off. Did you? Yeah, yeah. um, And how did you do? Turns out that you can make, I can make a great pastry. It just takes a lot of tears. (laughs) a lot of tears went into my face I have never broken so many eggs I'm just very I got so into I'm not a baker because I I, like I said an oven was a storage unit yeah yeah but I baked a ginger cake. I was filming Countryfile and I turned up to this farmhouse kitchen and this amazing smell Mm. was permeating the delicious warmth of this kitchen in the middle of nowhere in North North Yorkshire. And She gave me this old recipe from her cookbook, which was really old. And I went home and baked it. And it was also the period of time where people were selling cupcakes for six pound a pop in fancy markets. And I thought, how hard is it to make Mm. a blooming cupcake? Uh, so I decided to start baking. Wow, and, and, that was um, it. And, then, and that was it. And then I did it. And I made, I mean, you know, there's so many different things, but we had to make a, a crumble. Love a crumble.
1: Oh my gosh, one of my favorite desserts of all time.
0: So I did a pineapple and blackberry crumble. Oh, flambéed the pineapple in rum. No. And then coconut. Where's this come from? You've had this <laughs> quite the whole time. You've got flambé pineapples Flambé pineapples in rum. <laughs> and then uh, coconut in the crumble.
1: Oh my, that's, that's my, coconut's one of my favourite ingredients in the yes,
0: world. Yes, come on, what's your favourite ingredient is coconut? Coconut, miso, oh, dulce de leche,
1: like the condensed milk, cardamom is my favourite spice, oh, yes. yuzu juice, I, I, I mean everything basically but.
0: And now your life has completely changed because you have quit your job. Yes, I know, which was so scary. This is really interesting because so many people have passions and they are creative yeah. but also have jobs. Yeah. You have managed to pursue your passion and now it is your... I mean, this is magic. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I feel great, but I think I always... I would say I'm a pessimist, but I'm a realist. And basically, and by that, I mean, obviously, Bake Off happened. It finished. I reached the final. I thought, this is incredible. But I didn't think, great, I'm going to blindly quit my job and chase my dreams. Yes, I wanted to do that. But I also thought, let me see if I can actually... This can actually be a job. So I kept working at Goldman for seven more months whilst doing all this other stuff on the side, because I thought I actually want to make sure I've got enough interest in me. I've got a good pipeline. Like, Can I actually, you know, make a living out of this? And I think seven weeks went on and I thought, okay, I think I need to quit because I think I then realized finance will always be there. You know, I had a good pipeline of work and I thought I need to strike while the iron's hot. You know, I really want this to be my full-time career and if it's just an afterthought after I you know log off from work and try and bake in the kitchen I'm just not going to put enough thought into
0: it. Also luck favours the brave. Yeah. You've got to step out yeah. and you've got to take a risk otherwise you'll never do anything. Yeah. You could still just be at Goldman Sachs doing your thing. I know. Or you could be here talking to me about food. Exactly
1: and it's so it's so crazy when I sort of look back and I think I, I imagine if I didn't quit I don't know where I'd be
0: but. Well you'd still be there. Yeah I'd still be there. <laughs> You'd be in the office right now. I know. Doing great. Yeah. But it would be very different. I'd
1: probably have another tab open, like just Googling a recipe or something, which is what I kind of ended up doing towards the end of my job. Oh. I know. I'd be on a client, so I shouldn't actually say this, but no. I'd be on a call and I'd be frying donuts at the same time because I was working from home. But I mean, I still, you know, I still did the call. That's well, a lovely image. But, you know, and then some, I think sometimes I would be on mute and they would say, what is that sound? And I was like, "Yeah, who is that?" And I suddenly realised it was me and my fry, and I had to quickly turn it off. But you know, anyway, don't like that. Well, it's a
0: great job that you did quit because now you've got a, you've got a book out, yes, Flavor Kitchen. I think for any sort of
1: budding cook, it's just the dream job to have, and to have so many of my prize recipes sort of collated in one book that will sort of be on the shelves forever is. It's really surreal and it's just amazing.
0: Or people getting in touch with you to say that they've cooked your recipes and how much joy your food is bringing people. Yeah,
1: I think when I get messages like that, it's the most I think it's probably one of the most valuable things from the industry is when people make your recipes and they tell you, or I had someone message me the other day saying that they made my chicken curry and while she was making it, her grandma passed away. Then she found out that it was my late great-grandmother's recipe. And she said, oh, it just made the curry even more sentimental. And every time we make it, we're always going to think of our grandma. And the whole thing its just, when people message you things like that, you just think, wow, I can't believe like a recipe can have such an impact. And I know for some people, food is food, but for me, uh... it's so much more than that. Um, and even like you were talking about flavors from the heritage, I think going on The Great British Bake Off, being a British show and showcasing flavors from other parts of the world can be very daunting. So for those flavours to be received well and now to be in a book and people are cooking from that book, again, it's just such an incredible feeling. And it's just, I feel so proud to be able to, to showcase that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the story makes perfect sense. And also, you know, it is another aspect of the vast, vast subcontinent that is India. And people yeah. just presume it's just sort of, you know, curry is curry. But as yeah. you know, flavours are different and mm-hmm. places are different and they're impacted by the region and the location and the people and all the yeah. rest of it. And yeah. so it's brilliant that your book is out there.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, talking about the flavours and you know, not just thinking they're curries. So one thing about my book, and I said this before, but Fusion. So I basically, in a lot of recipes, I've taken flavours from a cuisine, but put them in a, like a Gives more an example. Western vessel. So I've got these, you know, like loaded potato skins, but I've got potato bhaji inside. So it's almost like an American concept, but you bake the potatoes, scoop it out, then you make like a potato bhaji. So chop up potatoes and you fry them in lots of mustard seeds, cumin, turmeric, curry leaves, stuff them back in the potato. And then you top it with this like coriander chutney. But again, so it's got that flavour of that. It tastes like home. Spicy potato. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like in this sort of more American vessel. And it just works. And so I love doing that because it sort of shows people that you can use those flavors in so many different ways. And actually, curry leaves aren't just for curries. You can add them to potatoes and potato skins and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah. You I can love also
0: it. put them in a curry leaf in a mean mango cocktail. That, oh, um, yeah. It's a Ravinder Bogle uh, cocktail oh, at Chicone. Y- my gosh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yum. Yum. It is yum. Curry leaf cocktail. As mm-hmm. in, that sounds like a bit of a mango. Mango mm-hmm. and curry leaf. Mango is oh. my favorite fruit as well. Yeah, I mean. Christelle, I have loved talking food with you, but oh, so, now yeah. I have. Twenty quick fire questions for you. Okay. Oh no, I'm getting to really understand where you sit when it comes to food. These are important questions. Okay. Okay,
1: Right. Let me me brace
0: myself. Okay. Right. Take a deep breath. We're heading in. All right. (laughs) Ice cream in a bowl or out of the carton? Bowl. For hygiene reasons. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Pizza with your hands or with a knife and fork? Hands. Hands down. Hygiene reasons out the window. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who's the dinner guest you'd most like to cook for? Oh,
1: huh? yes, Apart from you, obviously. Well, <laughs> it um, depends on my motive. Alison Hammond. If I want like a laugh, or if I want a husband, then Michael B. Jordan. <gasps>
0: excellent yes. answer. Yeah. Yes, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the dinner guest you'd least like to cook for? Oh, um, like Piers Morgan. Very good. Yeah. If you could only keep one herb, what would it be? Coriander. Definitely. If you could only keep one spice, what would it be? Cardamom. Excellent. Eat out or take away? Eat out. Favorite cuisine? Going. Favorite place to eat in London? Oh, God, that's so hard.
1: Carmel, which is a place in Kilburn. Incredible food. What kind of food? It's called a Middle Eastern fusion food, but every single thing I ate there was incredible, nothing like I've eaten before.
0: Very good. Got yeah. it. What's your guilty pleasure? Ice cream. I
1: just so basically I have this weird obsession with ice cream even if it's cold I will eat ice cream on holiday I need to eat ice cream every single day minimum two scoops so I can try at least two flavors new rogue flavors so I'll never go for vanilla I always look and see oh what haven't I tried before so I've had like mascarpone caramelized fig and all sorts of stuff but yeah ice cream is my
0: weakness what's your favorite kitchen utensil
1: spatula but that's quite a common one but apart from that actually just the kitchen towel because it's really versatile so when I'm using my um stand mixer to stop the icing sugar going everywhere kitchen towel over it and it doesn't go anywhere
0: oh good tip! yeah <laughs> and best kitchen you've ever cooked in oh probably my
1: home kitchen I'm just so comfortable in it worst kitchen you've ever cooked in oh uh I don't I just don't think I've cooked in a bad kitchen before so I will pass on that one uh,
0: best meal you've ever eaten
1: go and fish curry cooked by my mum
0: at home yeah best meal you've ever made
1: oh best meal I've ever made that's really hard might have to be actually a a recipe from my book I made this lamb shawarma loaded fries um and I made it and I was like well that's probably one of the best things I've ever made
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I am done Um, (laughs) lamb shawarma loaded fries holy crap that sounds delicious okay (laughs) hardest recipe you've ever cooked
1: Definitely something I made on Bake Off. Um, probably one of the technicals that I fell miserably at. So probably I think these ciabatta breadsticks were all raw. So probably that. Favourite recipe you've ever written? Favourite recipe that I've written? Um, probably my, again, probably one from my book, my pistachio cardamom and orange carrot cake.
0: Oh my God.
1: It was just a fun one to develop and getting all the flavours in there. And I just, I think when I came up with it, I thought, yes. And I just loved all the balance of everything. That, that
0: sounds like heaven, pure heaven place in the world you'd most like to eat oh i know that's that's a good one i think malaysia
1: because i love malaysian food and i really want to try it in malaysia so probably malaysia a dish
0: you'd most like to try
1: the philippines there's something called halo halo and i've had it in the uk but i want
0: to have it there I have loved talking to you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm starving now.
1: Same. My stomach has rumbled so many times. I'm actually really embarrassed. Christelle,
0: but... I cannot wait to see what you do next. Oh, thank you um, so much. It's been such a joy to talk food in the kitchen Same. with you. I know. And I feel so... I mean, I'm, I'm in my happy place, as Same. are you.
1: I'm honestly... I feel like my, I'm just beaming. I just... When I talk about food in great company, it's just... It's the most comfortable place to be in. And also, to call this my job versus working in a bank, I mean... Thank you, such a
0: pleasure speaking to you. Now I'm afraid that is all we have time for, but let me remind you that you can still join the conversation online. Has Christelle inspired you today? I hope so. We want to hear about your home cooking highlights. So please do get in touch and don't forget to use our hashtag, no place like Hamptons. Thank you again to the gorgeous Christelle Pereira and thanks to you, our listeners. I have loved these conversations throughout the year and celebrating all the things that make a house home. I hope to see you again soon. But for now, I'm Anita Rani, and it has been an absolute pleasure.